Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Today we're looking at plastic pollution in our oceans, which is now so bad that plastics have entered the human food chain via the fish that ingest it. Ellen MacArthur, former round-the-world sailor turned campaigner, tells Leslie Hook companies that create the packaging are starting to understand that a big part of the solution lies in their hands. First, I'd just like to ask, how did you go from being a yachtswoman to being an environmental campaigner, and how does your work as a yachtswoman inform your work now? It's an interesting question because I never, ever thought I would leave sailing. My life was sailing from the age of four. All I wanted to do was sail, and one day somehow I wanted to sail around the world. So I really was living the dream when I was undertaking the records and transatlantic races. It was everything I'd ever dreamt of. But when you set sail on a boat around the world, you prepare for months. You know, you design a boat, you build a boat, you prepare the boat, and you put on that boat everything you need for your survival for two or three months of trip. And when you're two and a half thousand miles away from the nearest town, you know, deep in the Southern Ocean, you really begun to understand what the definition of the word finite means. You know, those resources you have with you on that boat, what you have available to, you know, to eat and fuel for the generator, it's all you have. And I'd never translated that definition of the word finite to anything outside of sailing. It was my world at sea, which was almost entirely separate from life on land. But at the end of the round the world record, when I broke the round the world record, I began to realize that actually our global economy is no different. You know, we have resources which are available to us once in the history of humanity, and yet we use them up. It was a question. It was a real question that was at the back of my mind, and I just couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't forget it. I couldn't ignore it. And I began to learn and study and speak to experts and scientists and chief executives to understand, you know, how are resources used in our global economy and and what's the future look like? And so much of the narrative back then was around using less and doing less and being efficient with our use of resources. And though that's obviously vital, what struck me was it wasn't the solution. It was vital in the transition to what? And what fascinated me was what economic model can work in the long term. And that's where I began to come across ideas of the circular economy. Now, the word circular economy wasn't a very popular term when you founded the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, I think, in 2010. In a nutshell, can you explain what the circular economy is and why it's so important? The best way to describe a circular economy is to look at our current economy, which is predominantly linear. You know, at the moment, we take a material out of the ground, we make something out of it, and then ultimately... A lot of it, not all, but a lot of it gets thrown away. Within a circular economy, you move that line to become a circle and you look at regenerative economic mechanisms by designing out the concept of waste and pollution. You keep products, materials and components in use and you regenerate natural systems. Now, the issue of ocean plastics is one that's really been in the headlines and a a tremendous issue of concern. What do you think is the answer for ocean plastics. I mean, designing out waste altogether sounds great, but how do we get there and what can we do about plastics in the ocean now? Well, obviously, plastics in the ocean is the result of a broken system. Plastics should never be in the ocean. The fact is that many of those plastics were never designed to be anything other than waste at the end of their life. There are many efforts globally, never enough, but there are many cleaning the beaches and looking at how to extract the plastic we have in the ocean out you know, how do we remove it? But the fact is we produce 78 million tonnes a year and 32% of that leaks out into the environment. We reckon about 8 million tonnes ends up in the ocean every year and that figure gets greater and greater as every year passes. So the work of the foundation is to go to the beginning of the pipe of plastic packaging production and indeed design and say if we shift the plastic packaging system to be one which is regenerative, restorative, 
with the principles of a circular economy, one whereby no plastic would ever be designed or made, whereby it didn't have value. And today, a lot of the plastic packaging that's produced, it has no value. It's not recyclable. It's designed to keep some washing powder dry or keep a chicken fresh. And we don't worry about what happens after. If we can design for a system, we can design all plastic packaging so it's recyclable, compostable or reusable. And we can make that recyclable, compostable and reusable fit within a system so it never becomes waste. And have you seen firsthand the impacts of ocean plastic? Is it something that struck you when you were out there sailing? I, actually, when I raced around the world, I went down the Atlantic, right round Antarctica, effectively, and then back up the Atlantic home. So I didn't really see that much floating in the ocean at all. It, I was a long way from the Pacific gyres that we now know so well to be harbours of millions of tonnes of plastic. And my interest in this comes from how we use resources and the fact that we have so much plastic packaging leaking into the ocean is the result of that broken system. So what can individuals do in their daily life who want to be part of the circular economy? I think one of the challenges is a lot of the pressure around ocean plastics has been on the end of the pipe, on us who have them you know, in our homes, particularly in emerging markets. But the fact is that if that plastic is designed so that it becomes waste, if it's designed so it's not recyclable, what do we do with it? You know, I've been working on this subject for four years and I don't know what to do with all the plastic in my house. I really don't. I don't understand it. It's not marked. It says check with your local recycling facility, but there's no number on there. So actually the system doesn't work. So what we're working on at the foundation is changing the system so that all packaging is recyclable, compostable or reusable. That then enables the consumer to do the right thing. Currently, we actually can't because the system doesn't enable us to do that if we you know, use general products in a general life. So you're sort of going to the root of things in that way. Going to the root cause, and I think what's been really interesting on our journey is, is it began four years ago at the World Economic Forum. We got together with many of the biggest brands in the world in the plastic packaging space and said, currently, what are the numbers? We did a report to look at the numbers. We found that 2% of 78 million tonnes actually gets recycled into the plastic of the same quality. 8% gets downcycled, 32% leaks out into the environment. And actually, when you look at the numbers, it's quite horrifying for a world where we feel we're doing quite well at recycling, whereas globally, those statistics don't really add up. And we sat down with the companies. Once we had those numbers, we then started to say, well, if the situation as it is doesn't work, which clearly it doesn't, what could? And that's where we came along with 50% of plastic packaging should be designable to be recyclable. 20% should be entirely reusable, so it goes many, many, many times before it gets recycled. And 30% is the thin film, kind of small format packaging, which really is never really recyclable. It's not designed to be recyclable, and it's much of that that leaks out into the environment, particularly in emerging markets. That needs to be redesigned, either a different material or a different distribution method to enable those people to be lifted out of poverty and have access to those really important materials, foods, powders as, as we have, but in an accessible way that doesn't involve creating waste. And we now have a significant proportion of the global companies working in the plastic packaging space signed up to say they will adhere to the 100% recyclable, compostable or reusable by 2025. So until the things that you're advocating can actually be put in place, what are the technologies or approaches that you think could be feasible in the immediate term? I know right now there's the floating boom that's trying to clean up the great Pacific garbage patch. Do you think approaches like that also have merit? Absolutely. I mean, we have a massive amount of plastic packaging in the ocean, both on the surface 
and actually below. And trying to clear as much of that is, of course, of vital importance. There's also the infrastructure side of this. So although we talk about technology with regards to recovering the material from the ocean, there's also the technology to reprocess plastic. And in emerging markets, there's very little infrastructure at all for the collection of materials and feeding them back into the economy. So investing in infrastructure in emerging markets is important, but it has to be the right infrastructure. It's very easy to get locked into infrastructure that needs a feed of plastic to go into it that then loses the value of that plastic. I think getting that infrastructure right so that it can be a recycling system which enables the right materials that feed into that economy to be recycled is also something very important. I understand you're heading to Bali shortly for the Our Ocean Summit. Is that what you'll be working on there? In a few days we'll be in Bali and we're launching the signatories of our global commitment which is a commitment towards specific targets which are being refreshed and reviewed every 18 to 24 months. It's not just companies that have signed up, but it's also countries. And we're really trying to shift this needle from plastics becoming waste to plastics being designed from the outset for a system. And it's so important to have businesses and governments in the room because legislation has to change to help this to happen. And the businesses are saying, this is where we're going. You know, we don't have all the answers yet, but this is where we'll be by 2025. So banning plastic straws is not enough. Blanding plastic straws is not enough, but when you have items that get used for a short period of time, particularly those small format items, you know, the the lightweight sachets, they blow away. Trying to build different distribution methods or to create different packaging for those things that enter the biosphere or have value as plastic packaging itself, that's where we start to see that things that have value, either as a compostable material or as a plastic, feed back into the system because they have value. And again, you know, so much of the plastic packaging which is designed and made today has no value at the end of life. Thank you so much, Ellen. That was Leslie Hook talking to the environmental campaigner Ellen MacArthur. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, look out for our brand new news headlines show called FT News Briefing, which you can find on all the usual podcast platforms and at ft.com slash newsbriefing. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.